Welcome to the Diamond Project Show. I am your host, Louisa Nicola. I am a former triathlete, mathematician, and neuro performance coach. I am your brain coach. I know what it takes to succeed at the highest levels, and I'm here to show you how you can get from where you are to where you want to be. This show is designed to teach you scientific mental strategies that you can use to implement to see results fast. So expect to be fearless, take notes and take action. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, it's Louisa Nicola. Welcome to episode nine of the Diamond Project Show. Now, before we get into anything, before our guest starts speaking, I just want to say um, how proud I am of today's guest. Uh, Katie Williams was one of the first athletes that I brought on to coach uh, when I first started neuroathletics. I've seen her rise from, you know, over the last two years and it's been so beautiful and so inspirational to see. Uh, Katie is a very big influencer in the uh, fitness world here in Australia. She has so much content to give us both on her life and and her journey and also what she views um, in the whole health and fitness um, world, especially when it comes to mindset, mental performance, and obviously um, the brain and the body. So I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I just wanted to let everybody know how, how happy I am to have you here today and how proud of you I am. So Katie, tell us who you are. Um, my name is Katie Williams. I'm 24. I live in the Northern Beaches and I'm um, an ex-athlete and now I'm a trainer um, and I'm very heavily involved in the fitness industry. Where are you a trainer at? Um, so at the moment, I'm not training personal training any clients right now, but I was um, training some clients with a business called Six Weeks to Sexy. And then previous to that, I was the, um, the coach for the Robards Method, which is Tim Robards' company. Amazing. That's where you kind of made your benchmark in Sydney, wasn't it? That's where you kind of made your mark. Yeah, definitely. I started working with Tim about, uh, oh gosh, probably about a year and a half ago and I left working with him about six months ago. So I worked with him for just under a year, uh, but it was great. We did a lot of, we filmed a lot of content, made a lot of videos. Um, yeah, and we had a great relationship, great friendship. You, you look like the kind of athlete that has always been fit are you one of those girls that in high school and in primary school you were always like number one at the swimming carnivals and at the sports carnivals <laughs> well I mean I was always a very active child and I was um certainly stayed fit when I was when I was young but I actually was the smallest person so <laughs> I was always really short and I was started off as a gymnast um so I don't know if that stunted my growth but I was always a very <laughs> short short person um and I actually used to be the girl that would get like third third and fourth so until I started to actually grow and hit puberty did my results start coming so as you know I was always fast um but like at a state level or even like a zone level regionals um I was never the winner so I only started to kind of start getting you know top results when I um when I was a teenager because I was always just the run to the winner yeah, that was um, that was definitely not me in high school. I was always the one coming in last, and I was given the participation awards. Like, thanks, <laughs> thank you, Louisa. Thank you for participating. Um, maybe next year. So you and I definitely went to you know very different high schools. Um, so, Katie, we have a philosophy at Neuroathletics, and my personal philosophy, which is the mind is what the brain does. Now. I believe with your career as an athlete and as a fitness enthusiast, you must rely heavily on your mindset, correct? Oh, 100%, 100%. My, 
Boyfriend actually sent me a quote this morning. Let me read it out to you. He said, the state of the mind controls your reality, not the other way around. So it's not the reality that changes the state of mind. It's how you react to the things that happen to you. Um, yes. So mindset is something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and I read a lot about it, listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've had to deal with a lot in elite sport, um, lots of ups, lots of downs. And in the industry, I may as well kind of in TV and media, so many ups and so many downs. Um, so it's kind of so important to kind of have a really level emotional state um, and to take things kind of in your stride. Mm, that's so interesting what you said with it's how you react because what we teach, we teach a, a preventative me- um, method and model. So everything that we do is to prevent you from, um, you know, you can't always predict what's going to happen. Okay, so that's why it's important to understand your emotional state, just exactly what you just said then, and, you know, how you react to things. And I think that's really important, especially as an elite athlete. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, there's always things that are going to get you down. Um, But I really think, I mean, I'm I'm in a pretty good stage in my life now where I try not let things rock me too much. You know, there's, especially with jobs, you might think you've got a job, you may have been cast for something, um, and then you miss out on it, you know, just between you and someone else. And I think you really just got to roll with the punches and not really think too much about it and just go on day to day. Really the things that make you happy should be the little things, um, family, friends, community, quality time, um, having a healthy body. I mm. feel like those things really need to be the essence of your happiness rather than this constant validation um, from strangers. Yes, absolutely. And with you, with the people that you train, so you only train women, correct? Uh, yes, at the moment, yeah. At the moment. What do you find is the biggest mental battle with your with your athletes and with the women that you train? I think one of the biggest things I hear all the time is I don't feel like it. I don't feel like training today. I don't want to be here. And I think <laughs> I always say to the girls, well, you know what? If you asked yourself every day, do I feel like doing this? The answer would probably be no. No one really wants to get out of bed to train at 6 o'clock in the morning when it's cold and dark. No one really wants to train, go to the gym after a long, hard day of work. It's about kind of having the discipline um, and the determination to get to your goals. So I really think it's not about motivation. It's about, um, you know, setting those daily habits mm. and it becoming a ritual. And you eventually kind of fall into this habit of, this ritualistic training and you love it but don't rely on motivation because you know there's there's days where you get out of bed and you really want to train and there's a lot of days where you don't feel like it especially when you know with women hormones are very up and down um women can often be a little bit more emotional than men and so many of us don't feel like training but i feel like don't ask yourself do you want to just get up and do it because you're always thankful that you've done that session once you've done it all the endorphins are running through your body you're sweaty you feel good at the end of the day it's getting you closer to you know your health and fitness goals how about the mental battle that women go through with eating because i i know like i don't know if this is true is it the um when you're losing weight or when you're trying to get fit it's 80 percent what you eat and 20 percent how you train god yeah it's definitely 80 20 i mean you can never out train a bad diet a lot of people say to me you know oh i mean should I be exercising more and can I still eat the same? And I'm like, look, it's so much about diet. I can't tell you. Like you could, you can train as much as you want, um, but if you're eating badly, you won't lose weight because people don't, people underestimate how much sugar and fat and salt and all these nasty things that are in food. 
Um, and it's so hard to out-train that. Like, unless you're a marathon runner and you can afford to have tubs of ice cream and pizza and wine and all that kind of stuff, um, then you can. But, yeah, certainly diet is the most important thing. And I still, you know, I, I, I don't hold back. I mean, I still have, you know, I still have wine, I still have ice cream, I still have chocolate and stuff. I just believe in balance and moderation. You know, if, if I've had a big night on the alcohol, I'm not going to lay in bed and feel sorry for myself. I'm just going to kind of go on with my day. And I think it's just that constantly like checking with yourself. What have I done? Um, forget about it. Can I, re- you know, can I fix it? Can, what's going to make me feel better? Often what makes me feel better in a hangover is like, you know, a bit of, bit of fresh air, a bit of a swim. I'm certainly not going to go to the gym, uh, but I'm also not going to punish myself for having fun. And how about, what about the mental battle of what to eat and what not to eat? Because I know for myself and a lot of other women, it's like maybe training's not the um, not the mental battle. It's actually trying to hold back from eating the wrong foods. Certainly. I mean, I think um, I, I definitely fall under this banner of um, binge eating. So I don't like, I don't, um, you know, binge crazily, but I'll certainly sit down and eat and eat and eat and go, oh, my God, I've eaten so much. And I think for me, my issue is portion control. So mm. I'll serve myself up some dinner and if I kind of just ate a bit, you know, if I kind of ate more, a little bit more consciously or a bit slower, I probably would be full, but I kind of tend to kind of scoff the food down. And a lot of people do that as well, like not eating in front of the TV or eating in front of your laptop or reading and eating or driving and eating. All these things are really bad. Um, it's really important to sit down and it's called mindful consuming or mindful eating. It's basically eating your lunch with no distractions or eating your food with no distractions. It's sitting down for a meal. So it's not running and, you know, snacking on the go, which is I did do that for a long time. Like I'd jump in the car, I'd be running late for something. I'd have my snacks in the car. I'd be, you know, packing of nuts, just eating away or that kind of stuff. And it's not good when you do that because you don't realise what you've eaten and you probably don't remember what you've eaten. So I think important rule is you should be able to get to the end of the day and probably known, probably known exactly what you've had to eat because you've been mindful um, and been aware of what you were eating, but you remember it. Discussing nutrition um, at neuroathletics, we kind of look at brain health, like what are the certain types of food and nutrients that are good for the brain. And what we've found is that nobody really understands how um, how the brain consumes 20% of all the calories that you take in and also, and also what water does for for your brain and you know we don't realize how when we're dehydrated what it can actually do to our mental clarity what it can do to our um, our focus and so that's a really big thing that I've been honing in on and it's really simple it's just drinking water because we just drink when we're thirsty but when you're thirsty that's actually a it's very, too late yes yeah, too late so do you ever look at things like that like you know whether it's fish oil or um or the science behind nutrition um, I've certainly read a lot of articles and I know that, you know, oily fish and, um, you know, flax seeds and walnuts are very good for your brain. Um, I'm, I kind of am under the impression that, you know, most omega-3 is quite good for the brain. Um, but I haven't done a lot of research into food and brain. So I find that quite interesting. I'll have to look up on it. Definitely. I've, um, I've been experimenting a lot with oily fish um, and different types of vitamins, especially for adrenal health as well. So that's something I'm very big on. Well, that's fantastic. But with you, okay, this is what I want to ask you and something that I've been um, 
I've been battling with. When you're building your brand, which is what you're doing, and you've done a fantastic job, you're building your brand as a fitness professional within Australia. Do you find anything negative coming your way, whether it's from social media or whether it's from any type of um, competitors in your field? Look, so far I've been um, very lucky. Um, I mean, so many people get caught out here with, with articles in Daily Mail or on um, false headlines. I think the only thing, the only one negative press I've had um, was a um, like a manly daily newspaper art, newspaper headline of the um, front page of the paper, and it said something like uh, Katie. Katie gets bullied for having abs or something, and it was just like this crazy story that got blown out of proportion because one one kid who's like thirteen years old wrote on my photo, "I look like a boy," so, oh. and I and I'm like I laughed it off. So I mean, I think for me, I really haven't had a lot of negative um, a lot of negative press, um, but I really do think I'd probably take it in my stride. I actually had a little bit of a few negative comments after Ninja Warrior because I, I fell in the heats. Um, mm. So I had a few people write. I think I had one guy write on there. You know, I could do a better job, and I just thought, all right, mate, give it a go. What up to you? So, for me, I think the biggest thing is it, if someone has something negative to say, it's coming from a bad place in them. You know, it's their reality. Their reality is, is different to mine. Um, and if someone has negative comments to say, it's usually because it's coming from a bad place and they're quite insecure themselves. So, I would really only care about the opinions that matter to me, which is my friends and my family, people that know me well. Um, but like I said, I've never been shook with a big, a, a big bad story, so um, I can't imagine how it would feel. But um, I'm quite resilient, so I think um, I hope that I would just shake it off and know that and know who I am, and, and it shouldn't hopefully ride on my confidence. So, Katie, about a year ago, we put together a mental performance program for you, where you were adopting some daily mental strategies. Can you talk to us a bit about what you're doing daily? You know, whether it's meditating, whether it's journaling, that helps you with your performance. This is a great question and one that I don't really talk about too often because no one has really asked me. Um, mindset for me is a huge part of my life um, and I use daily tools to kind of help me stay on track and help me stay positive. Um, you know, life can be very dynamic. Um, it can also be a very negative place. Um, so for me, I like to do journaling, which sometimes if I've had a bad day, um, I'll kind of journal about it or journal what happened to me and um, or, or the way I felt. Um, once it's on paper, I rip it up and throw it in the bin. It usually takes me like five yeah, minutes. I get, I kind of purge all that day out and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to vent to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I've really done this in a long time because my days lately have been really stress-free and really cruisy. Um, so it kind of depends on what's going on in my life. Um, you know, like when I was going through some high stress times, which were exciting stress, journaling I found quite, you know, quite like therapeutic. Um, another thing I do every morning is a gratitude journal. So I've got one called the five-minute journal. literally takes me, God, less than two minutes, and it's about basically three questions. What am I grateful for? What am I going to do today? And what did I do great today, which is kind of at the end of the day. Um, and that puts you in a really nice, you know, state of mind. And obviously we know that gratitude really equals happiness, and there's been heaps of studies, heaps of studies around that. The other thing I do, which I haven't been practicing very much lately, um, is I do Vedic meditation. So it's usually 20 minutes in the morning and night, um, and I've been really lazy with this. I think it's because, like I said, my life at the moment is quite cruisy. Um, I'm working for myself and um, I'm at uni. So 
meditation for me is something that I definitely pick up when I feel my life is getting a little bit overwhelming or, or my schedule is really busy. Um, I use meditation to, to calm down and obviously get some clarity. So at the moment, um, I kind of meditate probably a few times a week and I just do it when I feel I need to. I don't really have any structure with that. But meditation for me would be the biggest the biggest tool um, just for everything, like mental clarity, focus, um, kind of just decluttering the open tabs that are in your mind. Um, it just lets me tap into me, I guess. So mm. certainly meditation is probably one of the biggest things. And also my other one is um, visualization. So you and I went through visualization a lot um, before Ninja and I used to visualize a lot before racing when I was younger. And I still do the same thing. If I've got a talk coming up or something where I have to be on camera, um, I do a lot of stuff on camera now and some days can be a little bit nerve wracking. So in the morning, you know, I'll visualize myself doing a really good job or visualize myself reading that script. Um, and then, you know, I might even do a bit of meditation in the morning as well, just to like calm my nerves. So visualization, meditation, go to journal and just in general journaling, um, yeah, it sounds like I'm some big yogi. I'm pretty, I'm pretty intense, and I've got a lot of energy, so um, I like to do things to calm me down. And this stuff doesn't take long. A lot of people get frightened that you know I don't have time for, for this. I don't have time to meditate. When it doesn't actually take long, you can spend ten minutes a day doing your journaling, um, twenty minutes a day meditating, and it really makes all the difference. Hundred percent. Sometimes I'll meditate for five minutes. Like I'll do it in the car. Like it really just depends on. It really just depends on what's going on in my life. Like, mm. like I said, at the moment, I'm at the moment I'm pretty cruisy. But before I went away to Europe, my life was extremely chaotic, um, all with very exciting opportunities, but opportunities that I had to be sharp for. Um, you know, things that you know, things that are filmed live, or things I could be caught out in if I did a bad job. So, uh, certainly staying on focus was really important, and I was running on a lot of lack of sleep. So. 20 minutes of meditation is equal to four hours of sleep, apparently, it so is. for the brain. Um, so certainly meditation is, is something that's um, an amazing tool for anyone to learn. And what do we have to look forward to with you in the future? What's the next steps for you? The next step for me is a little bit unknown, um, which I kind of like. I'm a little bit unsure of the direction I'm moving in. When I say unsure, I've got a lot of opportunities at my fingertips, um, but it's up to up for me now to kind of choose what path I want to go down. So like most, most things in this industry, you sign a contract for 12 months or six months, so you have to be very sure of where you're going um, and you also have to make sure that, you know, a brand that you're aligning with is exactly the same as your values and um, will take you in the right direction. So I'm definitely um, – I finish uni at the end of the year um, and I'll be an exercise physiologist and then – after that, I'm planning on getting into YouTube. So for me, I wanted to take on YouTube, um, have a healthy fitness channel, talk a lot about mindset, talk a lot about healthy cooking, um, and kind of tie in what I do with exercise, mindset, and nutrition all together. Um, but taking on YouTube is like a full-time job. So I've already got heaps of ideas. Um, at the moment, I'm writing for Women's Fitness, Ma Women's Health Magazine, I should say, um, and I have a lot of goals that I want to hit. Um, but I'm kind of just honestly enjoying having a bit of me time and, um, you know, not putting pressure on myself to achieve these goals by a certain time. I'm just kind of rolling with the punches and, and for once kind of allowing um, things to happen on their own rather than me constantly trying to progress because, um, you know, for me I'm always trying to do better, be better, um, and it's nice to just kind of enjoy life the way it is and doing a lot of travelling um, and, like I said, with work, you know, doing stuff 
with, you know, video content or writing. You can kind of do that anywhere from your house, you know, from a villa in Bali. So um, I'm enjoying having a bit of traveling time and um, kind of figuring out where I want to go. But I'm certainly staying in the health and fitness space. Well, I'm so excited to see what you've got coming up in the future. Thank you so much for being a part of the Diamond Project Show, Episode 9. And I will be sure to put in all of your social media links at the bottom of this. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.